This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. Wes Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Here on 107.5 The Game, Tyler Head along with you and... I don't recognize these two guys in the studio. I hadn't seen you guys in a couple week, in a couple days. I don't recognize that music that uh, I do plays when we come in. We got to... We got to work on that. I don't know who above us so can uh, handle that. I, I know uh, Chris was in here during my last segment. Was that him um, playing chords on his guitar? No, it was <laughs> we not. We just recorded it. <laughs> but we are now 99 days away from kickoff. And what I like to do is, given the number of days until kickoff, I will go to that year's Billboard Top 100, and that'll be our rejoin songs. Okay. Uh, I thought you were saying we did like I got ninety nine problems. No, as uh, yeah, today, yeah, ninety eight uh, bottles on the wall no, for tomorrow. Th- that's very slim pickings when it comes to music selection. So I just go to the top one hundred. I played Mamba Number no. Five from Lou Bega a couple minutes ago. His one and only mm-hmm. hit that came in at uh, number forty two Billboard Top one hundred from nineteen ninety nine. So I'll have some good music for the rest of the show. Do you know Don't what worry. number one is? Uh, it was Believe by Cher. Ah. He, he says I'll have some good music, but I don't know. I don't know if I've heard any of that described so far. I, I did jam to Mamba Number Five. I think I was in like middle school. Well, see, or something you at the time. you may not have known it was Lou Bega, but you heard the song. I knew. I knew. There, back there, then. There's a reason that it was in the top 100. So I'll I'll try and find some good things yeah, for the rest of the show. The, the, um, the random guitar chords were not part of the top 100. That that was just a mix that we have that plays automatically. That was not up to me. But I'll have some good stuff for the rest of the show. Don't okay. worry. Okay. Good. All right, what are we talking about, y'all? I, I almost forgot how to get here. Um, actually, this show is going to be all ad reads because we need to get yeah. paid for this week. <laughs> we got to catch up on some things. But the, the the reason you guys weren't in here the past three days because South Carolina baseball was at the SEC tournament in Hoover and played three straight games at 1030, which, of course, ran over what our show times were. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, going into this week, we knew South Carolina was going to have to probably put together a couple of wins to feel confident coming away from Hoover about their ability to host an NCAA regional. Go out on Tuesday, you blank Georgia 9 to nothing, feeling good about that. And again, Georgia's on the lower end of SEC teams, so you take that with a grain of salt. 
go against LSU, get beat 10 to 3, and then you get just blown out by Texas A&M yesterday with only one hit. And now South Carolina is going to scoreboard watch and have to wait and see what the committee decides on if they're going to be a regional host or not this time next week. I mean, I I feel like this just went the way things have been going lately for South Carolina. You know, and and even rather than just lose the first one, you know, or go on a run and make it like just set where, you know, if, if they just lost the first one, as much as their resume probably points to being a top 16, that they were probably out at that point. And then, you know, going into yesterday's game, D1 baseball, which is sort of the authority on this stuff now. Not not that they are going to get it 100% right. But they give you a good idea. And you can t- the fact that they're the people that get mentioned on the SEC Network broadcast, like that site and just the brand they have now and the uh, respect that they have in the business uh, has grown tremendously the last four or five years well you know so so they get you go into that that game the third game and that morning i think while south carolina's playing they put out their projections and it's south carolina is in barely so you know i sort of took that to mean all right if carolina takes care of business today (laughs) they're like 95% 95% in, and then it doesn't matter what you do moving forward. And then, of course, what happens? Not only do they lose, but the bats just uh, do not wake up for the entire three and a half hours. And so now you're sitting there in this same spot with Carolina probably right on the edge. And it probably is wholly dependent at this point on what do other schools do to either bump ahead of you or bump behind you? And um, here we are. You sit and you wait. It was right there. Win one game, probably into the top 16. But instead, we're talking about what we've been talking about for the last week. And that's, has Carolina done enough or not? Yeah, it, it of course, it kind of figured to land this way, right? Where it can't be, like you said, one or the other. It's kind of this in-between, this waiting game. Mark Kingston at his post-game press conference didn't really want to advocate one way or another. He didn't want to make this big case as to why South Carolina should get in over you know, a team from the Pac-12, a team from the Big 12. He didn't really want to do that. But he, he point, he, he, look, he made some good points, right? He, he made some good points in that, you know, the Gamecocks, when you're looking at the entire picture, they did enough most years to get in, right? And college baseball, I was thinking about this on the way here, it's different when I say get in, I mean into the top 16, obviously, to, to host a regional. College baseball is a lot more similar to college basketball than college football in terms of postseason play, right? We are going to expand the college football playoff, but generally there's about four to five, maybe six teams that you consensus you can look at and say these should be the top four teams, right? And those are the only ones getting into the playoff. Every year, or not every year, some years there's a team where you go, well, that team should have gotten in over this one. But even the separation between number one and number four is pretty big most years. There's normally a team or two that you feel like can win it in college football. And so for the committee, for the college football playoff, 
their job's easier. You want to make sure that you don't leave out that one team, right? College basketball, college baseball. The season's a lot longer from the standpoint of you just have so many more games. It's not like f- college football, if you lose 25% of your games, you're not, you're not playing for a championship. Right. You know, unless something absolutely insane happens. College baseball, you lose 25% of the games, you're hosting a, a super. You know, I mean, so this team, the point is, you don't want to, if you're the committee, you want to get the seating right. You don't. You look at what happened last season. Ole Miss was not a great team by any means for much of the season. They just got hot at the right time. And there were some signs later in the season that they were heating up a little bit. With South Carolina, they've done enough over the course of the season. They built that buffer that Wes has talked about so often to where, A, they're definitely making the tournament, right? But, B, despite the struggles over the last 15 to 20 games that have just not gone well at all. There's not been many wins, period, in that span. They've done. They've still built up that buffer to where there's at least a conversation, right, about them getting to host a regional, which is a positive. But on the, on the flip side of it, there's not a lot of signs that they're heating up at the right time. You kind of looked at that Georgia game and you go, is this it? As it turns out, it wasn't. It was more of a one-game aberration sure. as opposed to the norm lately. And in terms of scoreboard watching, again, going off those D1 baseball rankings for, or D1 projections from yesterday where South Carolina was a projected 15 seed, you're going to be keeping your eye on the ACC tournament today, particularly with Miami, the 13 uh, seed, according to D1 baseball, as they take on Duke at 3 o'clock, as well as uh, Boston College, who is the projected 14, as they are taking on Clemson right now in the uh, quarterfinals of the ACC tournament, as well as the Missouri Valley uh, tournament as well, uh, which you can watch on ESPN+. Plus. You have Indiana State, who is the projected 16, the final team getting one of those host spots. They'll be taking on Evansville later on today at 2.30. Again, it depends a lot on what happens around you with those teams and uh, how things shake out over the course of the rest of the weekend while South Carolina is back in uh, Columbia waiting to see what happens. Yeah, it, it, uh, it actually would have been interesting if we would have had a show any of those days because I feel like after Tuesday... If we'd have had a show right after that, we would have been like, man, that that looked like the South Carolina team we saw the first half of the year. And it, it really was not, at least for what they did on that day, it was not an aberration. Like, I, I thought they had a really good approach at the plate. They were not striking out. They um, they pitched well. They played great defense in that game, too. And that, that's something, you know, if you just look at the the overall numbers, I don't know if they're necessarily a great defensive team, but I, I liked the lineup that they had on the field. I kind of started to wonder, even with all the injuries, you know, and obviously before Messina gets hurt uh, during the tournament, that group right there, even with Wimmer as the DH, um, you know, I, I think Braswell has played a really good shortstop the last few weeks. And um, so basically against, especially against a lefty pitcher, we're trying to shove righties in there. If there's a righty pitcher, maybe your best lineup, you know, puts Wimmer back at short, and then maybe you plug in uh, Carson Hornig as your DH. Uh, but point being, I kind of felt like that might be their best lineup. And so you're getting to that point at the end of the year where you want to be able to put your best lineup on the field. So in terms of defense plus, you know, offense, I was like, man, maybe this thing actually could come together for them. And 
you know, they played a great all-around game then. And then I think if we would have been talking after that next game, after LSU, you would have been saying, well, it was a it was a tight game actually for most of that game. Much closer game than 10 to 3. Much closer game than the final. And, you know, you'd be saying win one and you feel good. And then here we are after watching the totality of the three games and you're saying, once again, you take three games against SEC competition, you only won one of them, and you really didn't feel that good overall about the two that you lost. So what was the biggest difference between... So on one hand, you got the Georgia game on Tuesday. You win 9 nothing. You look great. Yeah, just top to bottom, really, really good performance. Hitting approach, pitching defense. And then two days later, you're playing A&M, and you get blanked 5 nothing. right? You have an opportunity later in that game. You're down. Uh, you got the bases loaded with two outs. You strike out. I think looked at a couple pitches um, and just can't get anything going. And, and you, you really struggle striking out towards the end of that game, too. So what is the difference? Like, it's been kind of hard lately to figure out what the identity of this team is. Lately, it's been much more of the They've had a lot of competitive games, even in the ones that they've lost in the last 15, 20 games. But the identity has been a lot more of what we saw against A&M than what we saw against Georgia. Is that fair? Yeah, and I think the difference was just the the pitching from your opponent. And yeah. I, I feel like um, earlier in the year, Carolina, even when they were facing pretty elite pitching yeah. at times, they were still putting together good at-bats and... Um, you know, just uh, kind of battling up there. Like, they, they were built around the home run ball, mm-hmm. but um, I don't think that's all they were. And now, you know, I, I, I didn't think Georgia pitched that well in that game against South Carolina, and they made them pay. Uh, they put the ball in play. They did have some dribblers, you know, in the infield that went their way, but then, you know, the big hit is um, Trippett does an outstanding job of shooting the ball into the gap. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think with him, basically, uh, or I said trip it, Will Tippett, I think, um, you know, that's a guy that's come along really well for them. Yeah. And so this is a team that, when they're not hitting home runs, has to be able to put the ball in play, not strike out so much. Um, they were taking a lot of walks and even getting hit a ton early in the year, which was leading to offensive opportunities for them with runners on base and um i don't know if that's necessarily been happening happening at as high of a clip it's the Cape Cod Central Takeover Hour. presented by firehouse subs founded by firemen with chris clark west mitchell and tyler head on your home of the gamecocks 107.5 the game i think if you look at the the full picture, if you look at everything in totality, yes, absolutely. If, if I had watched us over the last few weeks, I would say, yeah, I, I understand why there are concerns. Um, so I'm not going to stand up here and bang the table for why I think we should be uh, a host. I think the numbers speak for themselves very loudly. Um, if all the games matter, if, if a game in March is important as a game in April is important in May, then yes, it, it's pretty clear the metrics scream that we should be a host. Um, if we're not, I think that's a penalty to the SEC and it's a penalty to us for saying that there's too many teams that are good enough to host in the league and we're not going to reward all the teams that have earned it. If that's the case, then I think that's a topic for another day. 
And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you. That was voice of Coach Kingston yesterday after the loss to Texas A&M, making his case for why he believes South Carolina should be hosting a regional this time next week. And look, as the head coach of the team, he said exactly what you would expect him to say. He's not going to say, well, I think we're terrible and somebody else should be hosting. We should go on the road to whatever school. He's going to make the case that South Carolina should be hosting. Unfortunately, it's not in their hands at this point in time. Again, they're going to be scoreboard watching and waiting to see what shakes out over the course of conference tournament weekend and seeing what the selection committee ultimately decides. I posed this question to Colin Taylor earlier on in the morning. How far does South Carolina have to go for this season to be seen as a success, especially considering how good they were looking a little over a month ago? I mean, I think you need to get out of a regional, right? Anything past that in baseball is kind of you know, fans may not look at it like this, but anything past that is gravy, uh, I think. Because if you get to a Super Regional, it, it's best out of three, obviously. And you're playing a great team. You know, if you make it that far, you're a great team as well, kind of by definition. And so it can come down to anything at that point. And there's a lot of luck involved, too. So I, I tend to think the first step, if you look at last year, the first step for this year was you had to make the tournament, right? So checkbox on that. But after that, I, I think escaping a regional, getting to a super, that that's what I think of when I think of South Carolina baseball. And yeah, Omaha is the ultimate destination. And I, I know that's the expectation you want to put on this program. But being in the final eight, uh, as much parity as there is in college baseball, as much parity as there is in the SEC, I think that's a pretty tough expectation for me personally. So I will say make a super. And I I think you'd say that's a pretty successful season. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at Ray Tanner set the bar so high at South Carolina that now it's almost like, and South Carolina hasn't been to Omaha in quite a while, right? But fans still look at that as the ultimate measure. I think with how you kind of, I think fans are almost going to look at it in light of how well this team was playing earlier this year. I mean, I, I think I've told several people this. Like, I watched this team play earlier in the year, and it wasn't just a, a series. It wasn't just two SEC series. It was a prolonged amount of time where you watch this team and how well they were pitching, hitting, playing defense. And you really thought, hey, if they stay healthy and they stay playing somewhere close to this, this is going to be a hard team really for anybody to beat. And that obviously has shifted a lot now. And so I think given what we saw early in the season, that has kind of amplified the frustration for people. It's kind of a, a snowball effect where a lot of different things are building on each other because you look at this, Mark Kingston, this is not his first year at South Carolina, right? So people are now looking at it going, okay, with this team at this time, you missed the tournament last year. You need to, A, make it, like Wes said. But I, I feel like people had higher expectations than even that. So um, I think people are disappointed that South Carolina is now on not just a super bubble. They're not even on that. But a regional host bubble, that's frustrated people because of what they did earlier in the season. And so, you know, given the struggles, if you make a region, a regional now and you make it out of it, that should be considered a success, but I think it's possible some people would look at that and still say, ah, it's not quite good enough. 
Injuries have obviously been a big problem for this team. He had another one to add to the list the other day where Comasina takes the foul ball off his face mask against LSU, has to leave that game, doesn't even go with the team to the ballpark uh, yesterday in the loss to Texas A&M. And look, Jonathan French did a fine job filling in, even threw a guy out in the game yesterday. And now that Messina's in the concussion protocol, who knows how long that puts him out for. But let's say he's not there for the regional next week. How big of an X factor could missing him completely, not just at the catch position, but on the field at all, uh, affect this team? I don't even know if I can put it into words, honestly. I mean, he... He is not only one of their best players, but is an emotional leader. I mean, the role of a catcher is so important. You know, without even adding the fact that he is has been really good at the plate this year and has kind of actually gotten better and, and been immune to this sort of overall team slump, has been one of the few guys that has continued to contribute through all of this. But your catcher is such a big deal as far as leadership on the field, as far as you know, helping making sure guys are all lined up. Now you you do have some of that from the dugout, a lot of that from the dugout as well. Uh, but then just um, you know, with your pitchers, making them feel comfortable. There's so many little nuances of baseball that fall on the catcher's shoulders. So not having him out there would uh, actually, depending on the matchup, and obviously we don't know what that's going to look like. I think maybe even completely changes my expectation for what I would expect from South Carolina on the field in a regional because I think Cole Messina is that important. And the the thing with the concussion protocol, and he's got some time, but you just don't know. And uh, sometimes this is, you know, they always say us oh, precaution, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes that truly is. He may feel great today. Or, you know, a case like Travis Darno for the Braves, where he had had multiple concussions in his career. He's out for over a month and was struggling at times just to run because anytime he would sort of uh, do anything athletic, uh, the symptoms would come back on him after that. So it, it just it depends to me what, what type of concussion is this. Is this going to be like something that's sort of, spreads out and uh, lasts for a while or is it truly just a precaution and he's fine at this point because he I know he's got a mask but he took that I mean that was a direct hit yeah. uh, to his head and and he's the heartbeat of this team you know I, I feel like different positions obviously right but in my mind the, the first comparison that came to my mind is like if South Carolina's title teams if they didn't have Adrian Morales you know he's just like He's just their guy. Like, he's just got such strong leadership qualities, and not to mention what he can do with the bat, what he can do defensively as a catcher. They would they would miss him tremendously. But but here's a question I was going to pose, actually, and not just for Messina, but and not just physically, but mentally, does this layoff, this will be the longest layoff that this team has obviously had. It's the same case for everybody, right? Everybody's sure. got long layoffs, sure. somewhat longer. But does it help this team? We're all kind of, right now, you're at the straw-grasping phase of things, right? Right. If you're South Carolina, you, you try to say, okay, well, what about that Georgia game on Tuesday? Or maybe they can still squeak into a regional. You're kind of grasping at things. And so is that one, can this layoff somehow or another, did they need this so badly that it could help 
how this team plays in the tournament. And, you know, Kingston answered that question of we're just going to get to work over the course of the next week, and he's not going to give you any any insider secrets by any means, but the hope is over these next couple of days they figure out the problems and whoever they're playing in the regional, whether it's the host or going on the road, they match up well and they're able to get some wins. Yeah, and I mean, those things can go two ways, right? Like it, it sort of felt like after the exam week, you know, Carolina was absolutely rolling into the exam, didn't have a midweek, and they popped out of the other side. And um, Auburn brought them crashing to a halt. Yep. And, you know, there's so many different variables. Some of that is, at the time, Auburn, that looks like a loss where you're saying, wow, lost to Auburn at home? I remember us talking about that series saying, South Carolina absolutely should take two out of three. And then Auburn gets hot. And they're playing as good as anybody in the entire league for a stretch. Right. Um, but then you throw in the fact that you're losing your out-of-conference midweek games as well. So how much did what was happening sort of in some of those games down the stretch of the SEC slate affect just that confidence we saw Carolina playing with? Right. And so there, there's a lot of different things. I think if you're Carolina, you've got to completely reset. You've got to go with the, hey, this is a new season. And... Um, you know you're capable, and I think you go heavy into the nobody outside of this building believes into us, and um, we're, we're going to go out there and prove everybody wrong. And South Carolina will learn who they're playing in the regional over the course of the next couple of days, and they have a week to uh, get things back on the right track. We'll come back on the other side, talk a little bit of football recruiting as the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse, uh, Firehouse Subs rolls on here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. We had a fantastic time last week at Gold Line Framie in West Columbia, South Carolina. And you can do the same. That's at 511 12th Street. Give them a call, 803-739-1337. They've been in business for over 20 years. They are open Tuesday to Friday. That's 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. And then on Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., from diplomas, original artwork, to canvases, jerseys, and flags, they can help with all of your custom framing needs. They also have a great art gallery along with home decor, furniture, and gift items in the store. If you are, uh, if you have a graduate in your family, whether that's at South Carolina or one of these other colleges in the state, uh, head on over there and let them frame that diploma or buy a diploma frame makes a great gift for that new graduate. Again, that's 803-739-1337. That's Gold Line Framing, 511 12th Street. That's West Columbia. Committing giveth and taketh away. And for South Carolina, they saw a result of the latter the other day. We'll talk about that next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, 107.5 The Game. The Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecock, 107.5 The Game. various years on the Billboard Top 100 and play those. I've thought this through, guys. Don't worry. Is this a new thing this year or you've done this Oh, I've done this for years. This is my first time doing it here. Dig it. But it adds some variety and I know you guys don't 
love some of the musical selections that we have that bring us back into the show. So this is our way of mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Wes and I have been on the verge of a walkout if we don't get the music changed. So this is, this oh, is good. Didn't realize it was getting that serious. It's, it's that serious. Uh, anyway, Wes just informed me that Colin Taylor, who was just in here literally an hour and a half ago, has uh, given us some updated rankings from D1 as far as the projection for the hosting goes. Yeah, and uh, it's not good. Not good for the Gamecocks. So, Colin, if you want to go read this, it's on Gamecock Central. He's got uh, posted the latest projections from D1 Baseball and from Baseball America. Again, D1 Baseball is sort of, in my opinion, the authority on this stuff at this point. But uh, they have South Carolina now as a two-seed. Baseball America does still have South Carolina as a top 16 as a host. Uh, But D1 Baseball, again, does not. And the Gamecocks' reward for being a two-seed, traveling to Boston College. So, yeah. Wow. Yikes. Well, that is probably a better outcome. I think Gamecock fans' biggest fear has been getting sent to newfound top eight seed Clemson and getting getting, uh, sent home from Clemson. I saw a while back there's a projection of going down to, was it Coastal? It was Coastal yeah. last week. Last week. That was yeah. last week, though. So, I don't know. People would probably rather, you know, not go to Boston College, but it's prob- probably a better outcome than Clemson, I would think. I mean, is Boston College good? If they, yeah, I don't know. Can't say I've watched much Boston College baseball this year. Well, Boston College and, and Clemson are actually playing right now in the ACC tournament. So that's a very significant game when it comes to what's going to happen with South Carolina. I'm trying to get an updated score yeah, on that. Boston College this year, 35-17 and 17 overall, 16-14 and 14 in the conference. <laughs> the hey. so, South Carolina's resume is going to be better than probably like five or six teams that host ahead of them. This is a this is a top that's a top eight seed. No, top sixteen top seed. Top sixteen seed. Okay. I was about to say. Uh for reference, Clemson currently leads BC four to nothing in the third inning in the ACC tournament. That is their quarterfinals. I didn't know if they had Boston College like in their like in their top eight projections also. That's, no, they're, they're 14, Oklahoma State 15, 14. Indiana State 16. That's pretty high, though, right? For a 16 and 14 ACC team. Now, the ACC is pretty good in baseball. Mm. Well, I, I think yeah. this is ultimately going to come down to the committee. Do they are, is, is it the best 16 teams right now, or is it the <laughs> best 16 resumes? That, that's the question. That's the same conversation we have every year with the college football playoffs. Is it the best four teams or the most deserving four teams? And there's yes. a difference. There, there is. So what's, but what's the answer? I mean, South Carolina, without a shadow of a doubt, has a top 16 resume. Sure. Yeah. Easily. And did y'all notice Mark Kingston did kind of walk the line, though? He was like, he's like I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pound the table, but... Uh, and then he threw out a couple little points. I, I think he didn't want another quote going out sure. of him making a case, mm-hmm. and then well, the fans being like, "Oh, why don't you make the case on the field?" Because <laughs> yeah, that, that's what? people. He, we're at the point 
where nothing he says is good enough sure. for the fan base right and now. You don't want to make it sound like the only way we can win is if we host a regional. You want to mm-hmm. say, what is the Ed Orger on Crow? We'll go play anyone in a gravel parking lot somewhere. Just tell us the time and place. Like you want to give off the idea that we can be anybody, anywhere, anytime, whether we're hosting or not. Yeah, so he, he didn't want another quote going out. But, I mean, resume speaks for itself. I, I certainly get why, you know, Carolina's played their way out of this. If they If they don't, Get a top 16, you can't really blame anyone. But resume-wise, man, they got a better resume than Boston freaking college. Yeah. I promise you that. Um, Boston College number 14, you said. I was, I was worried they were giving, like, something you said led me to believe that they had given, like, projecting Boston College as a top eight seed, and I was about to lose my mind. But even then, 14... Over South Carolina. Again, 35 oh. and 17, Again, 16 you, and 14 in conference. You can unfortunately be assisted by your rival Clemson if they beat them in the ACC tournament a little bit here. Clemson t- lost two of three during the regular season to Boston College. Also lost two of three to South Carolina. That was earlier in the season, obviously. But that's a good point. Like you talked about the college football playoff. It's kind of what we hit on in the first segment of the show, right? You can talk about the resume, like the teams that are deserving, the teams that have the resume, right? But it's still a smaller sample size, so I feel like it's even harder here. So if South Carolina doesn't get a host, which D1 Baseball is projecting, they will not get to host a regional, and they're going to get sent on the road. There's no doubt that the the committee has gone with the approach of what have you done for me lately. Sure. Sure this is the team that you have become. This is the team that you are. Because if you're just looking at the resume, if you haven't watched, I mean, obviously you got to watch the teams, but if you're kind of doing it more blind and you're stacking up, here's a resume versus here's a resume, they're better than some of these other teams that Wes has listed off. Sure. But, and I do wonder how much, how much does not wanting to have um, 100 SEC schools in as top 16 hosts there is a matter of fatigue there. I think I think that probably is hurting South Carolina at this point as well. You're not necessarily battling maybe with Indiana. Indiana State's the 16. Yeah. Oklahoma State's the 15. Boston College is the 14. So let's let's just say obviously right now if you're South Carolina, those are the schools that have jumped you in these yeah. projections, right? Well, are you really battling those teams head to head, or are you battling Kentucky head to head? who is now the 13 in this ranking, is it that basically they were saying, we're giving one more spot to an SEC school. Sure. And right now, Kentucky, and Kentucky has three wins over South Carolina. So if if it's tight enough between those two in a resume standpoint, you maybe lean to the, well, Kentucky swept South Carolina. And, right. and we'll probably never find that out, right? Yeah. No, nobody from the committee is going to come out and say, well, we, you know, we like South Carolina. They should have been in. We just had a few too many SEC teams, right? right. I mean, Mark Kingston yeah. talked about that the other yeah. day. And again, unfortunately, South Carolina is in a position where they have to wait and see what their future is going to be over the course of these next couple of days. Hit one more time out, come back and wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, talking a little recruiting here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5, the game. All across the country, drivers are reaping the rewards of safer driving. With the updated Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm, it has lots of cool dynamic new features like interactive maps and driving tips, and they make 
the pursuit of your discount on your auto insurance even easier. You can earn up to 30% by downloading the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Now, if you have more questions about that, if you want to get started, you can call up our friend Amy Mason Cup. Amy Mason Cup State Farm right down the road off I-26 at 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4. When my family was looking to switch and save on our insurance, we called Amy Mason Cup State Farm. Her knowledgeable and experienced and responsive team helped us out. Whatever your insurance needs are, Sheen State Farm can give you a personalized quote to help get you covered and also tell you about the Drive, Save, and Safe app, again, so you can save on your auto insurance. Call Amy, 803-772-5554, or visit her website, amymasoncup.com. Again, that's 803-772-5554, or amymasoncup.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. South Carolina has lost a commitment for the 2024 class. Talk about it next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecock. 107.5 The Game. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you on this Friday with number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100. Smash Mouth for All Star. 1999, yes. All Star by Smash Mouth. Uh, I feel like this made its way into just about every single movie in the early 2000s. I think maybe Shrek is the most notable one. I will say this. Smash Mouth took a complete turn into the pop side of thing. Have y'all ever heard a Smash Mouth CD like before this song? Uh, I can't say that I have. They were like, I don't, I don't know what you. They were like grunge. I feel like like they okay. were, they were completely different than they sold out and went pop. But well, they, I, they made their money on this one. And uh, their first, you know what their first hit was? The I do not. Walking on the sun. You might as well be walking on the sun. I that was, was like, a oh, great song. That was a great wow. song. That was okay. That was bef- that was a couple of years before All Star, I think. I have to go back and listen to some of their earlier stuff. The earlier catalog. Do you remember that song now, Tyler? I, no? I know what you're talking. Yeah. I didn't realize that was them. Honestly, yeah. You might as well be walking on the sun. Wow. Can you do a line or two, West? Remind Tyler. I'm gonna pass on. Tyler's that. the karaoke master. Hard pass. Hard right. pass. Not a master by any means. I will. I'll sing this if you give me a couple of drinks. From Still Hands Brewing. Exactly. Which, there you go. Uh, we we unfortunately had to reschedule yesterday out there, but we are hoping to get back out there real, real soon. Uh, again, Carolina baseball just getting in the way yesterday. <laughs> but uh, a couple more minutes to go here. Do want to talk a little bit of recruiting because South Carolina did lose a piece of its 2024 class with Mike Williams, the six six offensive tackle prospect out of the DMV, decommitting from the Gamecocks the other day. Yeah, you know, um, a, a little bit of a surprise, I would say, from the outside. Chris is like this wasn't something we were necessarily tracking. I would say in the building, not a surprise at all. Um, I don't really know what the best way to say it is, to be honest with everybody. Like I, I think, you know, sometimes sometimes there's just a breakup, and it's be- sometimes there's kind of a mutual breakup, and. Um, I think that's kind of... Yes, that's a good way to put it, kind of what happened here. You know, and and to kind of back up, I mean, Carolina's got obviously one of the best offensive line recruiting classes in the country, and that remains the case, right? The the goal for 
for South Carolina was you had um, an abnormally, actually, strong offensive line class for the 2024 cycle with Cam Pringle, Josiah Thompson, and Blake Franks. And so if you're South Carolina, your goal was get all those guys or as many as possible and then go find another out-of-state guy or two. And so they accomplished the goal with the in-state guys. I was honestly a little surprised, Wes, when I knew they were in the game for Mike Williams, but we all thought, I think, that he would take his summer official visits, including to South Carolina, and then decide. But instead, he made an earlier commitment. But there were a couple signs, I think. You know, he was talking about still going and making some other official visits this summer. But, um, yeah, I think, look, South Carolina's staff continued to track his offseason progress. They continued the conversations, and sometimes – uh, when those things happen, even if a guy makes an early commitment, you just end up parting ways. And so the good news is there's some other candidates out there. We we don't know who yet. The first question is always, well, who else can they sign to kind of replace him? We don't. I don't think we really know that yet, as far as that one guy, that the two guys. But they're still in good shape overall in the offensive line. Well, I think you know with, with the three they have committed as well, man. I mean, they were always going to be a little bit selective, I think, with that fourth spot to the extent. Like, I, I do think you probably do want to take a fourth, but it's not necessarily a situation where you even have to if it's not the guy you really want. Maybe you sort of fill that spot with an older guy, be a Juco or transfer ultimately down the road. I mean, you, you have options there. I, I think you really just feel good about your three, your in-state guys that you have. And, and they've actually... I know not everybody sort of goes ahead and pays attention to underclassmen recruiting, but they are off to a phenomenal start with the 2025 class in terms of getting guys on campus. I mean, during the spring, they must have had 10, maybe more, top 2025 offensive line prospects on campus already. So I think you'll see that moving forward you'll kind of see that starting to pay off. Like a year from now, we're going to be talking about Carolina has landed this guy or is about to land that guy. And we're going to point back to this conversation. We're going to be like, hey, remember how we told you last spring they were building the foundation for another top 2025 recruiting class? That will be the case moving forward. So uh, I think O-line recruiting for 23, 24, and then 25 is, I think, the least of anyone's concerns. Hey, that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Not going to have a show on Monday because of Memorial Day, so we'll be back on uh, Tuesday. We'll know who South Carolina's regional assignment is by then and have plenty more recruiting to talk about as well. So for Wes and Chris, I'm Tyler. Halftime show coming up next with Jay on 107.5 The Game.